Hello and welcome to the School of Attraction podcast. I'm Damien Deeker and I'll be talking with you about a range of topics from dating, attraction, masculinity, sexuality, life philosophy, and much, much more. So without any further ado, let's get started. I hope you enjoy listening to today's podcast just as much as I've enjoyed creating it. Something that many of you may not know about me is that I used to suffer with a debilitating chronic anxiety disorder. It was so bad that in my late teens and early 20s, I was stuck in my parents' house for a number of months, unable to leave at all. But the truth is that over time, I managed to not only overcome my anxiety, but become a really confident man. And then I learned to become really successful women. And then I managed to build the most successful dating company in the country. And I'm not saying this to impress you viewers. I'm saying this because today's video is a response to a lot of the men who have asked me to share my personal experience with chronic anxiety, because I know a lot of you viewers suffer with anxiety conditions as well, to share with you what I did and what worked for me, what really got me over the line and got me living a fantastic life in spite of the fact that I'd suffered with debilitating chronic anxiety. So sit back. I hope you learned something of great value today. This is my journey. I got my first really severe panic attack on April 1st, 2000. I was in my final year of high school and I was just going into a movie cinema with my girlfriend at the time. And as soon as I sat down, I had to climb a bunch of stairs to get into the cinema. And as soon as I sat down, I felt my heart racing and I felt like I was lightheaded and I felt like I was going to lose consciousness and I felt a tightness and a pressure in my chest and I don't know. I thought I was having a heart attack. I was pretty sure I was going to die. So I hobbled back down the stairs. My girlfriend at the time called an ambulance. The ambulance came and picked me up and took me to the hospital. And in those days, they weren't really so great with the identifying of panic and anxiety back then. So what they all they saw was that a a teenage boy at the age of uh, 17, 16, still at that point, And he presented with a really high blood pressure and tachycardia, that's a fast heart rate that wouldn't drop. And so they were like, holy crap, what's going on? They kept me in for a number of days, observation. And um, they did a bunch of tests, a whole, whole, you know, barrage of blood tests, couldn't find anything. They said, all right, go home, be cautious. We're going to send you to a cardiologist. We're going to find out what went wrong. So this was my headspace of holy crap, something is wrong with my heart. I'm in trouble. And I went home. And, you know, I I tried to go back to normal life. Cardiologist didn't find anything. I tried to go back to my normal school life. And I was very, found myself being really neurotic. You know, lots of little anxious moments of being scared. Something would happen with my heart. I didn't dare to walk too fast or run too fast or do anything, you know, that would affect my heart rate too much. And I was very, my anxiety would ebb and flow and ebb and flow. And uh, I got through high school and I started with university. But by the second year of university, my anxiety had had spread it wasn't just a fear of heart rate it was it my neuroticism around things that could hurt me had spread to like almost everything so you know i would get anxious if it was too hot i'd get anxious if it was too cold like i'd seriously panicked um where i'd have to go home i just had to leave uni and just go home i had to get away from it i could get seriously panicked if i would drink from a glass that I wasn't 100% sure had been properly cleaned or eat food that I thought maybe had spoiled or something had been tampered with it, right? It was just really neurotic. It was really extreme. And it got so bad at this point in my second year of uni 
20 years old that I really couldn't leave my parents' house because I'd be gone for a short while, I'd have a massive anxiety panic attack and have to get back. And these would last for hours and hours and hours. They were completely, completely debilitating. So here I was stuck at my parents' place. And of course, my parents are starting to freak out a little bit. This is a worry. And they sent me to see a psychologist. Um, and, you know, I've got to say, the psychologist really wasn't helping. I wasn't getting any success. And I was really trying hard with a psychologist to, to get some results. And I just wasn't getting anywhere. I know a number of you watching have probably had this experience too. Anxiety disorder, whether it's social anxiety or health anxiety or whatever, you haven't had a lot of success seeing a psychologist. And I had the same thing. And at a certain point, the psychologist said, look, your whole life is in tatters. We better put you on antidepressants. So she sent me to a psychiatrist and that psychiatrist put me on, you know, a batch of antidepressants. And, you know, it helped. I started to get my life back. It helped the anxiety. And here's the problem. I started to get my life back in order as far as my anxiety was concerned. But there was another side effect of antidepressants that I don't see talked about very often, but yet many people I speak to who have taken them agree that this is a thing. They radically changed my personality. See, I started doing things on antidepressants that I really wasn't proud of. I became incredibly narcissistic. I didn't care about anyone. I lost a lot of empathy. I stole from my parents. I treated my girlfriend at the time like rubbish. Um, I treated my friends like rubbish. It was really, really bad. And I couldn't, like, I have so much shame now looking back that I do those things because that's not who I am, you know, that's not the man who I am. And yet I was doing that and I felt awful about it. And so I had to stop the antidepressants. That was just, I couldn't, I couldn't, that was not a life for me. So I went off the antidepressants and again, I became sort of trapped with my anxiety. And that began a year long journey for me of trying to work out I was determined. I wasn't going to let it beat me, but I had to learn how to overcome this. And and so I guess what I want to do now, I mean, that's that's how I got to that point. And that's where my anxiety was at, guys. And I know a lot of you, your anxiety isn't that severe, but it's probably debilitating you one way or another. And so I've learned a lot because I've tried a lot of things. I really have tried so many different types of therapies. I've tried everything from things that are scientifically backed to things that aren't, right? I tried, um, you know, EFT, emotional tapping the emotional freedom technique where you do your, your, your emotional tapping. And I tried, um, gosh, uh, acupuncture. <laughs> and I obviously I went to therapists and had different types of therapy too. Um, but I mean, what I'm trying to get at is that I was trying everything that I could get my hands on. And I'll tell you something that I learned. And, and I, I think people don't want to hear this, but it's been true for me and so many guys I've spoken with. Most psychologists and therapists are rubbish. And Maybe that's not fair. Maybe they're not rubbish at helping people with a lot of psychological disorders, but they're rubbish or they're not, don't have a very good record. That's a bit nicer way to put it. At helping people who have anxiety disorders. I, I haven't seen it. You know, I read in the literature that, oh, so it can easily be treated. Lots of people report that they're better. I wasn't. And, 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 and I, I lost a lot of faith in seeing a psychologist. In my life, I've seen five different psychologists and only one was able to help me the rest absolutely nothing so what was it about the one psychologist that made all the difference well it was the type of therapy that they were using that really really helped so this is when it comes to therapeutic like types of therapy this is what i recommend men to it's called act okay acceptance and commitment therapy and this is a type of therapy that it's actually growing a lot in popularity um Psychologists at the moment, when they're presented with someone with an anxiety disorder, 
um, they tend to use something called behavioral, um, um, uh, <laughs> losing my train of thought here, but behavioral, uh, basically where they, they look at the internal dialogue and, and, and how you talk to yourself about your anxiety. But ACT therapy is very different. What ACT therapy does is says, all right, you can't control your anxiety. What instead you're going to do is you're going to start focusing on what you want, what you actually want in life. And you're going to focus on what happens. You're going to become alert to what happens when your anxiety surfaces. You can't control it, but let's look at what happens. Let's look look at what ha- what's going on in the body. And let's change the... Um, let's Let's try to mess with the images and the patterns and the things that appear in your head when you think about anxiety. Let's distort them and change them and mess with them. It's a very interesting type of therapy and it's not um, it's not sort of an out there therapy. It's It's got a lot of strong evidence behind it. It's a well-researched form of therapy. It's a real research alternative to the standard therapy for treating anxiety. Um, and so that's what I highly recommend. Now, the great thing about ACT therapy is that you can do it on your own. You don't have to see a therapist for it. But I highly recommend that you do. If you can afford it, see a therapist at the same, like, while you're working through it. Because I think it it helps. It always helps to have a therapist there to help you, no matter what type of therapy you're doing. But, in honesty, guys, therapy wasn't the thing that made all the difference. In fact, therapy for me was 20%. 20% of the improvement of the recovery for me. So, what was the biggest thing? Might be a surprise to many of you, but by far, the thing that that impacted my anxiety the most, let's say the 50% of my anxiety improvement came from exercise. So when I say exercise, I mean cardio exercise, because I, for almost all my life, except for some periods when my anxiety was bad, I was doing a lot of gym, like five, six days a week at the gym doing weights. Um, And that didn't help so much. But when I started doing 30 minute runs, you know, 20 to, and it's somewhere between 20 and 40 minute jogs, five days a week, my, within sort of three weeks to a month, month and a half, my anxiety improved dramatically. It didn't go away, it didn't cure it, but it improved it dramatically. And, you know, this wasn't just myself that I was noticing this in, because I, tell- I was around a lot of guys who had anxiety troubles at the time, and I was telling them about my experience with exercise, and they had the same experience, that exercise improved their anxiety dramatically. There's a lot of research, go ahead and look it up yourself. There's a huge amount of research to show that uh, regular exercise, cardio exercise, helps anxiety and depression just as much as antidepressants, if not more. So that's really, really big stuff. Look into that. But that was the biggest for me too. That was hugely, hugely um, successful for me. The second thing that really helped, so that was 50%. The second thing that helped a lot was meditation. And, and this is probably not as much of a surprise, but a lot of guys look at meditation like it's some magical thing they need help learning to do. Meditation is really simple because meditation made 30% of the difference for me. Um, All meditation is, is learning to be still, ideally with your eyes closed somewhere. I do it lying down. They usually say not to. You can do it sitting. But you're just stationary somewhere and you're focusing your attention on one thing. And for me, it was my breathing. I just focused on the feeling of the air coming in and out of my nose. And I'd have my eyes closed and a timer on my phone. And I'd sit there and just focus on that. My mind would wander and go into other things. And the second I realized my mind was wandering, I'd let go of what I was thinking about and just bring my attention back to my breathing. Just like that. It's not meant to be an aggressive thing or a, oh crap, stupid. No, just bring your attention back to your breathing. And you do that. And and I would do that for 20 minutes a day. I'd set a timer, start lower if you need to. But that's all that's all that's required because all, medi- well, meditation is a lot of things, but the, basically all you're trying to do is teach your brain not to 
get so easily distracted by things going on around you. So it enables you to become focused again, to become focused, to become focused, to become focused. And what this does to the brain is it makes makes you far better at not overreacting to stimuli in your environment. So this isn't just anxiety, depressive events like when you, you know, if you've got anxiety, one of the problems is you tend to run loops, videos in your head about what could happen, right? Depression is kind of the opposite. You run loops in your head about things that have happened generally. Um, but what meditation helps you do is let go of those loops. So you, you realize, oh crap, my, my brain's going on this whole tangent about what could happen and I'm going to get a heart attack. Let go. Focus on the present moment again. So meditation is really great for that and it helped me immensely. And obviously it's probably no surprise to anyone who has anxiety. You've probably heard that meditation is great. It helped me a huge amount. So that's meditation. You don't need help with that. There are lots of books, some simple guides. Meditation is not a complex art form to learn. But start doing that and start doing it every day if you can. I, I found 20 minutes to be optimal for me. And the last thing was therapy, finding a really good therapist. The, the last thing I'll say on therapist is this. I say therapist, not psychologist when I say find a good therapist because I, apart from one psychologist, I got all of my best results with therapists. That, that is people who were going to help me with my anxiety who didn't have psychology degrees. And that makes, I mean, that's crazy because, you know, I, I believe in science and I believe in the scientific method and, and learning about what gets really great results, um, you know, from the scientific method. Therefore, psychologists should have the, the leg up because they've got the best training. I didn't find that to be the case, unfortunately. Uh, I found a lot of psychologists just didn't have the, the knack. You know what it's like? Um, have you ever, I don't know if you're, if you watching enjoy computers, but I'm a big, I grew up with computers, man. I'm a computer nerd. And if you talk to someone who's, who's, who wasn't a computer nerd growing up, but they went to uni to learn computer science and, and the difference between their understanding of computers and the computer nerd's understanding, like the computer nerd just gets it. It just, he just has a, the knack for fixing things on the computer, right? He just get, he just, he can see when something's going wrong. Whereas a computer science person is just, I don't know. It's like they're, they're repeating something from a script almost. And it's very slow going to, to troubleshoot and find solutions to issues and, um, that's what I find it's like dealing with most psychologists. It's like they don't have the knack for helping people, but they learn to help people from a script from uni. That kind of thing. And that's how it was for me. Whereas a lot of therapists really have, they found they had the knack for helping people. They didn't have a psychology degree, but they wanted to help. So they, so they learned a different alternative strategy and, and they applied that to helping people. That's what I found. So don't place all your faith in psychologists. Obviously, someone to watch over you and give you support like a therapist or a psychologist is big. So do that. Before I wind off this video, one last thing I want to leave any of you guys suffering with anxiety with is don't expect to ever get rid of anxiety completely. Um, that isn't how it works. Uh, no matter how well you've got it under control, that's what you have. You have it under control. You've got it managed. You are someone who has anxiety for life. That doesn't mean that it needs to hold you back. It hasn't held me back. I've done... I don't know. I've done more than most people my age at 36. I've done a hell of a lot of interesting things in my life and it hasn't had to hold me back. But the thing is, when I get stressed, if my life gets overwhelming, panic, anxiety is where I go. That's my release valve. Other people get sick. Other people get tired. Other people get depressed. Other people get aggressive and, and start drinking. Other people turn to drugs, whatever it is. But anxiety is where you are going to turn if you're an anxiety sufferer. And that's you need to be okay with that. And so what you're doing is you're learning to have some really powerful coping strategies that anytime you get overwhelmed and you start getting anxiety, you've got a way to deal with it and get back to your normal life. That's what dealing with anxiety is. It's not about making it disappear because it'll never disappear forever.
that's it. And thank you for watching today's podcast. As a high five for taking the time to learn today, you can head over to schoolofattraction.com forward slash personality test to complete our scientifically backed attraction personality test, which will help you uncover the areas you most need to work on based on your personality assessment. Take care and I look forward to bringing you my next podcast.